you have me this evening and Don at the piano. Uh, Ellie and Martha had to, to go away and to uh, sing with their group for at a funeral. I believe that's what it was. So um, this is going to be a little different as far as a worship service. Uh, we're going to sing a song, have an offering, another song, and then I'm going to go through Psalm 146. And as we as we learn about the verse or two, then we're going to sing a song that emphasizes what we learn, or maybe that foreshadows what we're going to learn in the next section. So we'll keep it moving through, and uh, I think you'll I think you'll have fun. All right, let's stand. There we go. I will praise him. Number five in your hymnal, please. Number five in your hymnal, verses one, three, and four, please. And white for all my sin. I obeyed the Spirit's ruling when he said, Will I be clean? I will praise him, will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners' sake. Give him glory, all ye seated. Uh, as the men prepare for the offering, just a few announcements. As Mark mentioned this morning, we have, uh, here, toss them to me. If you weren't here, let's see how good I am at catching. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. So for Duncan Chapel Elementary, we're raising, uh, we're actually bringing in some Taekwondo pencils and school glue sticks. And so if you have a uh, an opportunity to pick those up or receive them next Sunday. We'll have them uh, take them over to uh, Duncan Chapel, which is just over over there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, uh, as Jeff announced this morning, Financial Peace University uh, will be starting September 19th, and uh, he will have something this week on how to sign up. And so if you know anyone in the community or if you yourself want to be a part of that, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, I think, uh, of course, Dave Ramsey does a good job, but I think Je- Jeff also, as he may be a little uh, humble on that, but he has some good insight on investing and just 
budgeting, those kind of things. So I think he'll be a, a great one to lead that class for us. All right, men, if you'd come, please. All right, as we pray, I'll ask Rudell to pray and lead us as we worship. Zach and Allie, it is well with my soul. We're going to sing again, number 26, I worship you, and then we'll move to 23, oh, uh, worthy of worship, and after we sing those two songs, uh, Emma will come and sing for us, and accompanied by her brother, Zachary. So, uh, by the way, we're going to, since we're going to be singing a lot, if you'd like to sing with people instead of by yourself, uh, get near people. How's that? All right. Uh, let's stand as we sing, number 26, I worship you.
worship worthy of praise. Number 23. Heaven pain. 
the cross and be saved. I fell at the feet of the one hanging there. Oh, Savior, forgive me, I cried in despair. My burden fell off, Jesus answered my prayer. Kneel at the cross and be saved. Jesus' blood flows from Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Zachary. Psalm 146, please. Psalm 146. The psalm is the first in the line of five hallelujah psalms. And so we're going to look at this tonight. We'll read right through it. We'll pray, ask God's help to understand it, and then we will kind of tackle it along. We'll learn uh, a couple of things from a verse. We'll sing a song. To, re, to instill what we learn, and then we'll dig into a few other verses, and we'll work, walk through it that way. So this is very much interactive. You can't fall asleep. All right. Are we ready? Okay. Very first verse. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I still have my being. Do not trust in princes, in mortal men, in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs, he returns to the earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Let's bow and ask his help today. Gracious God, as we come before your word, Lord, give us the help and understanding it by the power of the Spirit. Lord, we, may we... Uh, see these words written so many years ago, but still may we see and find their application for us today. Thank you for who you are and for the great grace that you've shown to us. And may we truly come away having read and studied the Psalms with the word hallelujah on our hearts and minds, that you might be glorified. For it's in Christ and I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's an easy phrase to utter, isn't it? Well, you know, someone tells us something nice, and it seems like the, the, the Christian, the, 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 you know, the pious response will praise the Lord. And we begin to use a word like that kind of um, as just a phrase that just rolls off our lips. But what about, what, what are we really saying when we say those words? Here we have in Psalm 146 not only a command, 
but a training of what it means to praise the Lord. Why we praise the Lord. Who is God? What has he done? So that when we say praise the Lord, we have an understanding of why and of whom we are praising. Let's jump right into it. First of all, he gives a call to praise the Lord. And the word here is hallelujah. Hallelujah. To, to praise and Yah, to praise Jehovah, to praise Yahweh. He starts off with that, and it's almost a personal utterance of himself. And then he speaks to us and to everyone who would listen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. See, he's addressing God. And if you understand anything about the the Jewish context of this, he is praising the one using the personal name of God that God revealed to them, to the Jewish people, the the name of Yahweh. So he's praising one. You know, as one writer mentioned, we should not be very casual or too casual when saying, praise the Lord or hallelujah. As he moves into the second verse, he says, I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And interestingly here, the psalmist calls to our attention uh, something that we don't like to think about, but the duration or the length of our life. He said here, he's pointing to this, that there, there is a, an end date for his life. He says, I will praise the Lord while I live. I'm living now currently, but at one point, some point in the future, I will not be. So I will use these words, I will use them, And praise God while I have time, while I have life. And look at the type of praise that he has here. His praise, it is vocal praise, but not only vocal. I will praise the Lord while I live, but I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Again, stressing the time aspect. But look, so with the lips, with tongue, but also with singing to praise God. That's an important thing in our hearts and lives, to not only with lips in spoken word, but the words that are sung to praise God. We can hear music, and we can listen to music all day long that's praising God, but I hope it reaches our lips that we praise God along with those who are singing, or even by ourselves. The the song writer wrote, Praise my soul, the King of heaven, an older song, but of one that, that communicates uh, important words to us. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. We'll sing verses, uh, in, as page 30, stanzas 1 and 4. And we're going to f- kind of move it along. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. We're going to feel for you music people like it's the one, okay? All right? Praise my soul, the King of heaven. Remain seated as we sing. Stanzas 1 and 4.
right along. I told Catherine, I'll do it from this point on. And then she has to remind me, yeah, you're to be doing it. Good singing regardless. Verse 3. Verse 3. It's interesting, the, the mood change here. Praising the Lord, praising one who is our God, our King, our ruler. But there's always a reminder to ourselves. Do not trust, verse 3, in princes, in mortal man in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs. He returns to the earth in that dreams with me. And I'll try to advance the slide at the proper time. Verses 1, 2, and 4, please. from not our leaders, but from God. Verse 5, how blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. This one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. How blessed is this one, you, me, that our help, that our hope is in God. Understanding here that the the help and the hope that is from the God of Jacob, the hope that is in the Lord Yahweh, his God. Now notice the word his there. It's a the pronoun that gives us the understanding this is possessive. This is my God, the writer is saying, or as you are you would be saying this, this is my God. This is the one that I serve, that I belong to, and he belongs to me. Help is in the Lord. In verse 6, he talks about the ocean and the sea creatures, all that's in them. And we think of these kind of things, fish and all of the wildlife and the nice things of the coral reef. But I don't know that that was exactly what that the, uh, the psalmist was thinking about. If you go back to the, uh, the thoughts of water and wind and waves in the psalms, Often water and waves were what were coming upon people and they, they are pictured as that which breaks and tears and pulls down people. The waves crash upon my soul. The, the billows rush against me. And so the sea, yes, while God made the sea creatures and all that's in there, but he also made the storms. Think about the terrifying time to be on a, on a sea in the middle of nowhere. We can see dark all around, and the storm comes up, clouds cover the stars, and the lightning starts. But we have a God who, as verse 6 says, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's in them. And that last verse, who keeps 
faith, the last line, keeps faith forever. You ever thought about your help coming from God in the sense that he keeps faith forever? He keeps faith forever. You know, we have hopes, we have expectations. And that's really what hope is, the, the expectation of something coming into that which will, uh, we look forward to. We hope for good things, we don't hope for bad things. As you think about this idea, this expectation, if your hope is in God, if you're looking to God for help, your hope and your help is in one who keeps faith forever. There is not a time when God is not loyal, when God is not faithful. And here, keeping faith is that aspect of the quality of faithfulness. And so to hope or to help into a God that is faithful, and not only is his faithfulness increased here or praised here, but it's a faithfulness that lasts for eternity. It's not one who falls away. It's not as a human leader who may be faithful for a time, but then forgets a promise or doesn't act upon a promise. But God is faithful forever. And this God who is faithful forever is the one who's in control of everything. Heaven and earth. There's nothing that he does not control. Nothing touches us except by the hand of God allowing it. As I think of the waves and the storm and the sea, I think of a song that is one of our favorites, and that song is How Great Thou Art. Verses in number 28 and verses 1, 2, and 4, we see the beauty of God, and we see and praise the greatness of our God. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. Let's sing together, How Great Thou Art. Thank you.
continue on in verse 7. Verse 7, Psalm 146, continuing about this great God. He is the one that not only keeps faith forever, but who executes justice for the oppressed. Who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. Think about that for a second. Executes justice for the oppressed. I think justice is a funny thing in the sense that we all want justice for other people, but not for ourselves. But here, justice is for the oppressed. That one who needs, who stands in need of great justice. This is the God who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. We don't know what kind of prisoners these were. Many commentators on this passage go to the, the idea these are political prisoners. And maybe if it is a psalm that was written in the time when the children of Israel were in Babylon and held under that rule, maybe these were political prisoners. And you see later on, as we'll cover this in a second, you see those things, the opening and loosing the ties. But this is the one who not only sees and hears, who feeds, who releases, and who gives justice. What are we to do with such a God? The hymn writer said, if I had a thousand tongues to sing, that is what I would do. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, number 19, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. Verses, stanzas 1, 2, and 5. Before a thousand tongues... sets the prisoner free in our context after the cross is the one that sets the prisoner free from the chains of sin. Verse 7, now to verse 8. This one, this Yahweh, opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. Uh, some have said that the Lord opening up the eyes of the blind are, the, are like someone, someone coming out of a dungeon, out of the deep darkness of maybe captivity, the set, setting the prisoner free, and the light is now bright. You ever gone from a really dark room for a long time into the brightness of light? Um, well, it was a lot of years ago, 87. We were traveling cross-country, and we stopped at caverns. I don't know which ones they were, but I know we walked a long way down. And we walked and walked and walked, and we had lights along the way, and we had a guide telling us about the, um, all the, the formation of all the stuff, and however long it took. <clears throat> and so he said, now, okay, everybody find a spot and stay still. And he turned off the lights. And he said, 
and he said, no, don't move. And he said, after a few minutes, a couple minutes, he's talking. He said, now, put your hand in front of your face. And you'd think after two or three minutes, your eyes would adjust. And you put your hand and you know, you do this thing, and there's, there's nothing there. It's dark. And then he turns the lights back on, and there were, uh, you know, there's all the, oh, ouch. And here it is. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind, a clear-sighted one now. He raises up those who are bowed down. If we think of our, our picture of one who's been oppressed and bowed down, he's, he's lifting up. This is not um, God saying, okay, get up, kick on the side, uh, like Angel did with, with Simon Peter in the prison. Okay, let's get up. God raises the one who is bowed down. He says, the, love, the Lord loves the righteous. What a God. A God who shows care to those in times of need. Look at this one who has extended himself of care, of love, of, of helping those who cannot help themselves. A God who delivers that one who is in trouble and there's no way out. This one reaches down. He says he loves the righteous one. Verse 9, we continue in this theme of who God is. The Lord protects the strangers. We'll look at that word here in just a second. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord protects the strangers. You know, it's interesting that in the law, the Old Testament law, it speaks of um, those who came into the land that were not Jewish or not of the land and how they were to treat them. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, uh, starting with verse 14, if you want to turn there, I'm going to have it on the screen. But you might want to turn there just to kind of have this for reference because I love this passage. And Deuteronomy, if you, if you don't know, it's the kind of the encapsulation of the law that's already been given. It's kind of the, the summary that uh, Moses is, is working here for us. In verse 14, he says, Behold, to the Lord your God belong the heaven and the highest heavens and the earth and all that is in it. That was the echo of the earlier part of our song. God's creation and God's understanding of and uh, settled work of, of the earth. Yet, verse 15, on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them, and he chose their descendants after them them, even you above all peoples, as it is this day. And so Moses is reminding that God did not have to choose you, children of Israel, but he said his affection and his love on them and made them his people. And it still is to this day he's writing to them now. So circumcise your hearts and stiffen your necks no longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take bribe. Okay, think of our, our earlier thought of justice. This is the one who you can't pay under the table, but God is over all gods, little g gods. He's over all lords, all leaders, rulers, little L there. He's great, he's mighty, he's awesome. Look what he does. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow. Hmm? So the psalmist had some, some context here. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. Now see, when an alien entered the land of Israel, God established from the earliest times of taking care of them, of feeding them, of caring, showing, taking of, uh, attention to their needs. So the command is in verse 19, so show your love for the alien 
for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. And so Moses reminds them, oh, by the way, you were once just like the ones that are in your land, so take care of them. It's interesting how we think about those who come. And obviously there's a political, um, there's a political thing going on in our time. But we as believers, we have a command to care and for love, to love, to feed and to clothe those who come. We're not responsible for whether they came over the fence or where they came over in a, um, oh, this terrible, came over in the back of a trailer and um, seen reports in the last week or two. You know, I used to think differently until I, until God got a hold of my heart on this to show the love for the alien, to take care. We have people who are coming. We talked this morning about the international nature of those who come to our country. Some come to work and uh, some come uh, and because their, their companies are bringing them here, are sending them here. But just as the children of Israel are aliens in the land of Egypt, we has also have an obligation as those who have a citizenship in heaven to take care and share in the needs of those around us. He says on the, on the, the following of that from verse 9 to verse 10 of Psalm 146, he says, The Lord will reign forever. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Notice here that the psalmist reinstates or uh, reminds us, rather, a better term, reminds us of who God is, of reigning. He is the one who is the ruler forever. Sometimes we don't think that that is what is the case. Because of the sin in the world and because of, of sickness brought on by sin. Uh, first, Adam sinned and, and Eve. And because of their, the sin brought down to us, we have sickness on the earth. It, was, it is not as God created. But God will reign. God will one day set aright all of this. And now, as Peter tells us, it's the time in which he extends mercy and grace He's, he's holding on. He's, uh, he, he's giving more time. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so here, the Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion. Um, really just speaking to not only Jerusalem, but the, the, the people there, of the ruling on that mount, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Or that word, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, we looking on, on this passage from a 21st century perspective. We understand that James says, true religion and undefiled is to care for the, the orphans, for the widows. We think, we, and we understand that the, the 21st application of caring for those around us. But we must not get discouraged as we see hardship and things. We do what we can, what God gives in our hands to help others around us. And we place our trust in God. We are in a, an interesting, interesting century. Uh, in the time of our, our world, we see great things happening for the cause of Christ. And in many oppressed countries, we see men and women and boys and girls coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus. While here, things seem to be getting worse and worse, there were places, in places where things are already worse, we see the spread of the gospel we see the great work of Christ. 
See, God does not leave us here for us to be comfortable. He leaves us here for us to take the message of the gospel. That he does indeed reign. That he is the ruler forever. And this is the God that we serve. The God in which we can cry hallelujah. We can praise him. So my question for you is who do you trust? Who do you trust? Don't place your trust in politicians or leaders. Don't place your confidence in those who are finite, who cannot save you, no matter how good they are. Confidence, trust, is only in God. God keeps faith forever. God is ever faithful. He is ever true. He is ever caring. He is ever God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we come to sing of, the, of our great God on his throne, I want to sing thing, something I think is all familiar to us now, 599, before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever pleads for me. This one, now we have access to this great king of king, kings, and we have that through Christ. I stand and sing before the throne of God above. twist on a, an evening message to sing along and to remember why people write hymns and to understand that we can find great strength in hymns because they most often are written from the depths of Scripture. And so as we sing, I hope the songs will kind of find a place in your heart this week and the psalm will find a place in your heart this week, Psalm 146. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for who you are. 
Lord, we thank you that we can praise you, that we can cry, hallelujah. I thank you that we can praise you while we live. The time that we will not be on this earth was coming sooner and sooner for each one of us. But let us sing praises to God while we have being. Lord, help us not to trust in princes. Help us not to trust in mortal man and those who have no salvation. Lord, they're temporary. They return to the earth. And that very day they die, the thoughts perish. But Lord, thank you for how blessed is he for us whose our help is in the God of Jacob. Thank you that our hope is in the Lord, our God. Thank you that our hope is in one who is the creator God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything that's in them. Lord, thank you that our hope is found in one who keeps faith forever. The one who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Thank you, Lord, that you set the prisoner free. Lord, thank you that you open the eyes of the blind. Thank you that you raise up those who are bowed down. Thank you that you love the righteous. Thank you that you protect the stranger, that you support widows and orphans in their need. And thank you that you thwart the way of the wicked. Thank you, Lord, that you will reign forever. Thank you, O God, that in our generation and the generations to come, we see you, your hand. Thank you that we can lift our hearts in praise that we may not have any doubt that you are indeed God, that we can say hallelujah together with all those who love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.